Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Did you know that there are 10 days in the year when God is especially close to us? Wow. Let that just sink in for a minute. And guess what? We are in the middle of that right now. Amen? And he says, during the 10 days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, Mamadis says that prayer is accepted immediately on, on high. Amen. So tonight, as you're praying, please don't just come into the house of God. Don't just come into church. And I know you're here because that's not what you do. I know you've taken the time to tune in. But I want to encourage us that do know and love God and press in to go a little bit higher, to go a little bit deeper, to go a little bit longer, because He is here. And the Jewish, ancient Jewish wisdom, the teachings in the Old Testament tell us, which we learn here, the Torah blessings, is that this time of year, God comes close to us. And this rabbi goes on, he says, the sages inform us that God's response often mirrors our own efforts and initiative. Amen. And so as we press in or as we reach a little further, as we uh, press in for doing charity, tikkun olam, changing the world, making it a better place, as we reach out especially, especially far in these times, these 10 days that God sees and he moves closer to us. And when we perform a good deed, our Lord performs good deeds in return. Amen. So as we, he says this, and let me just say this. When we generously give life to others, God opens up for us the floodgates of his blessings in our lives. Oh, I want you to just lift your hands right now as we prepare to enter into Shabbat tonight. We're going to teach you and we're going to pray and do Shabbat with you. But I want you to understand how special tonight is. Why is this night different than others? Because our God has it on his calendar. Not only did we reach out to meet with him tonight, but he is reaching out to meet with you tonight. So as we enter into Shabbat, ladies, as we know, the Bible tells us, we've been taught here that as we do Shabbat and the ladies portion of this, as we light the candles, is so beautiful that God, during that moment, hears only his ladies. So you've got his ear. 
How many of you women, sometimes you want to have somebody's ear? You have God's ear right now. Amen? All right, so we're going to pray. And let me just say this. We're going to pull our hands. We're going to light the candles. We're going to breathe in God's spirit. Three times you close your eyes, and I want you to envision your prayers coming to pass. What's on your heart tonight? Maybe you're in a place where you're contending for something. Many, many times our family has done Shabbat and had to envision being together, had to envision being on the other side of the obstacles. And glory to God, here we are doing Shabbat together. Amen. So God answers those prayers. I want you ladies, picture it in faith and lay hold of it. Let's light the candles. Amen. We light two and the single ladies light their one in faith that God is going to bless them with their bershet, their soulmate. Amen. That's in Hebrew, now in English. Blessed art thou, Lord God, King of the universe, who has blessed us with his commandments and has commanded us to kindle the Sabbath lights. Father, as we light these candles tonight, Lord, we thank you that you have set this date, set this time on your calendar to meet with us and to put your supernatural Sabbath blessings on everything that we put our hands to. Father, we thank you for your Sabbath miracles, promises, and blessings in our minds, our bodies, our hearts, our souls, our families, our marriages, our children, in our health, our finances, our protection, our peace, love, joy, and all of your supernatural blessings. God, we're so grateful for you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Now, Daddy's part. (laughs) How many feel the spirit of victory in here tonight? Come on. I'll tell you what, if I was ever fighting in the UFC, I'd want to come out to Shanty singing that song right there. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory. It doesn't matter what the world's saying. This kingdom belongs to him, amen? And I think it's amazing what what you said there, Mom, about whatever prayer that you ask for, it's already been done. There's a spirit of victory and overcoming in here tonight. It's strong. The rabbis teach that uh, no nobody can be taught to want to des- desire the Jewish roots to do Shabbat. So if you're here, it's here because God designed you to be here and God's got something supernatural for you. This is a very special Shabbat. It's a Shabbat just after the new year uh, the, on the Jewish calendar. And I believe that this is going to be the greatest year that we've ever experienced before. 
all the craziness that's going on in the world. I heard a rabbi teaching about it this week, and he said, it's not expanding. It's just coming to a head. Everybody's waking up, and they're saying, you know what? This stuff that the world has offered, it, it doesn't do anything for us. We don't want it anymore because Jesus is coming back. Amen? So let's enter into all that this Shabbat has for us. We're not going to take long, but we are going to read the scriptures because it's powerful. Starts off praying for uh, the Proverbs 31 woman. And it says in verse 10, it says, who can find a virtuous wife? And all the single guys said, that's absolutely true. All the, all the married guys said, I got mine. For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. And this is something that we read over our spouses. And we even read it if we're single because we're prophesying these things into the play, into place. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Dead silence. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservant. She's always thinking of other people too. Now check this out. She considers a field and buys it. She's a businesswoman. And it doesn't say she looks for the way to buy it. It says she buys it because a Proverbs 31 woman is blessed. She's got money. Come on now. And we, 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 have to, we have to come back to the Shabbat. We have to do these things with our family because <clears throat> when you teach your children these things, when they get older, they will not depart from them. They might have a few crazy seasons, but that seed will be in their heart and it can't come back void. And when they're older, they'll be like, I want that Proverbs 31 woman, so I better start being a Proverbs 31 man. She considered the fields and buys it. From her prophets, she plants a vineyard. Somebody say prophets. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She works out. (laughs) She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She extends her hands to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. If you're looking for a a, a wife, look for a wife who's serving in the church. It's a really good sign of things to come. Yes, she reaches her hands out to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders... She makes linen gar- when when she when uh, when he sits among the elders. When she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works 
praise her in the gates. Can I have a loud amen? Close your eyes, Father. We just pray for all of the women in this house in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that they are Proverbs 31 women. Father, we thank you that their husbands and their future husbands are known in the city. Father, I thank you that they are uh, women who speak wisdom and, and impart wisdom into their children. <clears throat> praying with their children on their way to school and before they, before they go to bed at night. Lord, that you bless everything that they put their hands to, Father. Lord, that you give these women vision in the name of Jesus that will bring prosperity into their households. And Father, for all the men who are seeking a wife, Father, we thank you that you have the perfect woman in store for them. We ask, Lord, that you would just bless all of the women in the house tonight. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. All right, now mom's going to read Psalms 1, man. Here, I got it for you. Okay. Okay. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Amen. Amen. Or the negative, or the doubters, or the cynical. Amen. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his... Sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I don't have my glasses on. Just one second. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And thank you. <laughs> Amen. Sorry, guys. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Amen. What a great prayer for our men of God. Amen. Would you lift your hands, men, and receive that? God bless you. Amen. Now, this is a, a neat prayer here. Peace be to you, ministering angels, messengers of the Most High, the supreme sovereign and holy and blessed one. May you come in peace, messengers of the Most High, the supreme sovereign and holy blessed one. That's neat. We're inviting angels to be a part of our life on Shabbat. Amen. Bless me with peace, messengers of the Most High. Okay. Now, this is for the children. First for the boys, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And for the girls, may they be like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. May God bless you and guard you. We're praying this over our children. May the light of God shine upon you. And may God be gracious to you. May the presence of God be with you and give you peace. Father, we just lift up all of our children in the name of Jesus. God, every single New Beginnings family member, Father, we pray protection over our children, over their minds and over their hearts. And we speak boldness into their lives in the name of Jesus. God, bring good influences into their lives and God, cut off bad influences from their lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, let them just know how deeply you love them, Father, because we know, God, when we understand how deep your love is for us. God, it's unescapable in Jesus name. And all God's people said, amen. Now we've got the wine here. This wine represents the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Amen. Blessed are you eternal God, our sovereign of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. Amen. 
And then we've got this bread here, which really represents Jesus and the salt, which reminds us of the, the taste of sin, but also that we are the salt of the world. We bring flavor everywhere that we go. Amen. So let me, let me read this and then we'll end. Barukata Adonai Eloheinu Melik Ha'olam Hamotzi Lemhin Ha'aretz. Blessed are you, eternal, our God, sovereign of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Stretch your hands up. Father, we just receive, God, your blessing. Father, the Sabbath is, God, to bring the blessing upon all of the things that we've put our, our hands to the previous week, Father. So, Father, all of the work... All of these past six days that these men and women have gone to work and, and, and created ideas and spent time with their children. God bless and multiply all of those things right now in your mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Shabbat shalom. Give the Lord a clap offering tonight. And we're going to watch this video from dad right now. Enjoy this. You know, it's a little strange uh, doing this in an empty uh, auditorium right now, and I was hoping that I could maybe get away with not having to teach today, but everybody kind of agreed that since this is the high holidays, it'd be important that I take the time to be with you and share with you this amazing time on God's calendar called the Shabbat of Return. Now, everybody knows that One of the greatest commandments in the Bible is that God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So every Friday night, we welcome in the Sabbath blessing into our lives. But this is a very, very special Sabbath. It's called Shabbat Teshuvah in Hebrew, or the Sabbath of return. Now, let me show you real quick why it's so special. If we look at our calendar, we know that we have gone through 30 days of Elul, blowing the trumpet, sounding the alarm. And let me reiterate that not only is this something that the Bible tells us to do, but you look at our news and you look at the media and you look at what's going on in our country and around the world, you have to realize that God is to each and every one of us blowing the trumpet and sounding the alarm. So for 30 days, we have been blowing physically the trumpet, sounding the alarm. It's a wake-up call for God's people to prepare for something that is about to happen. Now, we go over to where we are right now. We've gone into uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and then we're going into the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I don't want to take a lot of time today to talk about that, but I think you all know that these are a shadow of things to come. There's going to be a come a time when the birth pangs are going to let everyone know, and we could be in that right now, that something is about to happen. Rosh Hashanah is a shadow of the rapture. Yom Kippur is a shadow of the second coming. First, the rapture is we're gone. Yom Kippur is we come back with the army of the Lord, with the Lord, and defeat the enemy. In between that are seven years of tribulation. You don't want to miss this. Now, you've heard me say that, I, and I believe this, we, I, and I want to say it over and over again, 
We might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I don't believe it. Passover happened when Passover was going to happen. Uh, Pentecost happened exactly when Pentecost happened. I believe the rapture will take place on a Rosh Hashanah. Now, obviously, we're celebrating Friday night, the Shabbat of return, the Shabbat of Teshuvah. But in reality, and so if we get to Friday night, then the rapture hadn't taken place, right? But what I want you to understand is we're in the church right now, and it's not Friday when I'm teaching this. It's actually Tuesday morning, the second day of Rosh Hashanah, because the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. That's because there are two days of Rosh Hashanah. So the reality of it is, is that if you see this on Friday, then the rapture hasn't taken place. But the truth of it is, is that the rapture, because I'm here Tuesday morning, the rapture may take place, really, before I even finish this teaching. You know, I thought we'd do that to make a point. I wonder how that felt. But in reality, someday, that really is going to happen. Now, like I said, we're filming on Tuesday, and so the rapture really may take place today while we're filming this. But if it doesn't, remember, it's a shadow of things to come. When the rapture takes place, you and I will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, you've got to understand that. It's vital that you understand that. When the rapture takes place, not the great white throne judgment, that's, that's at this time. But when the rapture takes place, all of us who have made the rapture will stand before the Lord, the judgment seat of Christ, and we will give account for what we've done, or we haven't done. Now, I know we're saved by grace, but we're rewarded according to what we've done. So the main thing is the blowing of the shofar, the sounding the alarm, is God is saying, get ready. What if the rapture takes place? So the number one thing is that we need to make sure that we are right with God. Let me read with you the scripture that'll make this really clear to you. Everybody knows Malachi chapter 3. You know, it's, it always amazes me in how many preachers you hear say, uh, the Old Testament, we don't have anything to do with the Old Testament. We're just in the New Testament. But one scripture they always read out of the Old Testament is about, in Malachi 3, about the tithes and the offerings. But there's more, there's a very, very important lesson that's even more important than about finances. And God will open the windows of heaven and he will pour out a blessing. You know, someday when we stand before the Lord, we're going to walk streets of gold. There's going to be an amazing reward. But if, if the rapture doesn't plague this year, then God wants to reward you for the whole next year. That, that begins this evening as I'm filming and goes into while you're watching this on Friday. Now read with me in Malachi chapter 3. The first words of this 
are amazing. Verse 6, for I am the Lord and I do not change. Whether you call it the Old Testament or the New Testament, God does not change. And he says, therefore, you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob. In other words, God hasn't allowed the enemy to destroy you because he's made covenant with us. Yet from the days of your fathers, you, and here's the question for us today, have you gone away from God's teachings and have not kept them? Return unto me. Here's that word, teshuvah. This is the Sabbath of return. If we miss, if God forbid, if someone misses the rapture, there is a period of seven years that is horrible, trials and tribulations. But in that period, God still gives another chance to return. I believe in all my heart for all of us who are serving God. Now, receive this prophetically. For all of us who are serving God and dedicated to the Lord, this next year is going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be amazing. But for those who have walked away from the Lord or are not serving the Lord, it's going to be a tough year. So that's why God wants you to return. Now, look at what he says here. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. If you come back to me, then I will come back to you. If we don't come back to God, God is still God, but he stands back from us. That's why the Bible says concerning this period, call upon the Lord while he is near. Return unto me, test you vow unto me, and I will return unto you, says the Lord of hosts. Now, let me show you something about the Sabbath of return. The word teshuvah does mean to return, but it also means um, the, Hebrew, the English word would be to repent. So during this time, we're blowing the shofar. We're looking what's going on. You're seeing Bible prophecy being fulfilled, and God is saying, are you right with me? Are you serving me with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul? Are you serving me? You know, the, the root word of teshuvah in Hebrew is shuv. And the word shuv in repent and return, the word shuv means to a turning. So if we're going one way and it's the wrong way, God wakes us up so we turn and we come back to God. If you and I, if we're going the wrong way, if we turn and come back to God, God will come back to us. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Mekedesh, Jehovah Lom, the power of God will come back. Now, I really believe we're in the beginning of the end times. I really believe this. I don't know when the Lord is coming back, but I believe in all my heart, God is shouting, he's coming back soon. And so if we return, 
then God is not only going to open up the windows of heaven and pour us out such a blessing. This is the launching of signs and wonders and miracles and the end time transfer of wealth. If you're walking away from God, whether you're a pastor or a Christian or who are a Jew in a synagogue, if you're walking away from God, hear the blowing of the shofar and make the turn. You know, you think about it. God says every week, remember the Sabbath. Why? The Sabbath launches us into next week's blessing. Every blessing that God has for us next week is launched when we welcome in the Sabbath. This is the Sabbath of return. This launches us not into every blessing for the week, but every blessing for the rest of the year. Listen to what it says about ancient Jews when it talks about us returning or repenting from walking the wrong way. Listen to this. Great is repentance. It brings healing into the world. Number two, repentance, it reaches the throne of the Lord. Number three, repentance, it brings redemption to every area of our life. Number four, listen to this one. Redemption, it prolongs your life. If you're going the wrong way, the wages of sin is death. And, and, and there is a physical death, but it means a, a, in many ways a death to your blessing, a death to your finances, uh, 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 a death to the enemy attacking your home, your marriage, your children. When we turn back to God, it brings back life. I love this, this last one. Sincere repentance is equal to the rebuilding of the temple the restoration of the altar and the offering of all sacrifices why does god spend so much time saying to us wake up because god is not a mean god He's not a hard taskmaster. He's not an angry God. It is our Father's good pleasure to give us to the kingdom, give us the kingdom. And so the reason why he does everything he can to get us to Teshuvah, to return, to turn around, to repent for our sin, repent for our lukewarmness. The reason is, is because the Father loves us so much that he doesn't just want to get us into heaven, but he wants to, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants to get heaven to us. Now, I want to show you something about forgiveness. We look at this and we think, if I turn back to God, he'll turn back to me, he'll forgive me. But something else that God points out here is that not only will God forgive us, but to turn back to God, is there someone that you need to forgive? You know, remember when they came to Jesus and they said, uh, Lord, teach us how to pray. This is a very Jewish thing that a disciple would come to his rabbi, his teacher, and say, teach us how God has showed you to pray. And we know the Lord says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But one of the most important things is forgive us our trespasses on the condition that we forgive those who trespassed against us. 
Now, we know the mercy of the Lord is fresh every morning. But here the Lord puts a condition on us being forgiven. And it's so important. He goes through the rest of the Lord's prayer. He's done. And then he comes back and he says, because, and he says it again. If you don't forgive someone who has sinned against you, then I cannot forgive you when you've sinned against me. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 4. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ has forgiven you. Here's one of the hardest things in all the Bible. Going to someone that you know you've wronged. Now, it's easy for us to go and say, Lord, forgive me. And that's what God wants you to do right now. If you have fallen away, if you become lukewarm, if you have stopped serving God, or if you've never asked the Lord into your life, go to him and he'll go, I forgive you. But along with that, God says, if there's someone you have wronged, you need to go to them and ask them to forgive you. Many teachings in ancient Jewish wisdom says when we're talking about uh, the Shabbat of return, Teshuvah, it only includes the wrongs we've done to God, not the wrongs we've done to someone else. And so we have to personally go there and ask them to forgive us. Now, on, on Shabbat of return, we bring a special offering, and I, I may hit on that before we end. We bring a special offering, but also on the Feast of Tabernacles, this is the most important offering you can bring the whole year. It, it, it covers everything. It is the most important offering. But what does the Bible say? It, the Bible says if you bring your offering or if you bring your gift and you're about to present it to the Lord, but then you remember you've wronged someone and they have something against you, God says leave your gift Go and make that right with that person and then come back and present your offering before the Lord. So it's really the easy thing for us to go to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. But is there someone that you need to go to? The Bible says, go to them and make peace. What's the big deal? Go to that person and say, you know what? I want to apologize. But it even goes deeper, and I don't have time to get into it all. But even if someone is angry with you and it's not really your fault, it's theirs. Still, blessed be the peacemaker. What does God say? It's one of Tiz's favorite scriptures. When I see unity, when I see unity, maybe it's in your family, maybe it's in your church, maybe it's at the workplace, maybe it's uh, amongst relatives. God says, when I see unity, Tiz uses this all the time, I will command my blessing there. So if you've got someone you need to make peace with, remember, blessed is the peacemaker. But I want to hit one more thing in the five minutes I have left. Malachi 3 says, return unto me, teshuvah unto me. And this is the Sabbath of return. And so we need to understand the story here. 
Israel has just coming out in Malachi. Israel is just coming out of Babylonian captivity. The reason they're in Babylonian captivity. Now, now listen to this because this is amazing. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for, and Tiz would say, coincidence. The reason why Israel went into Babylonian captivities, their enemies were able to defeat them, is not so much because of their sin, but because they thought in their hearts, you know what? Our country is doing so well. We're doing so well. We really don't need God anymore. One of the great teachings is, is that a tenth is the Lord's, offerings besides, but along with that is what's called Shemitah. Shemitah means every seven years in the land of Israel, you don't plant, you don't plow, you don't harvest. Every seven years, you have to leave the land fallow and trust God to bring you in a harvest that is great enough for this year, great enough to have leftover for next year, and great enough to see you through the third year so that you have plenty to eat, crops coming in, and seed to plant. Right now, right now, in Israel, there are celebrations and dancing in the fields of Israel right now. Katie just showed it to me on the phone last night. Our, uh, yeah, last night as we were together with the family. And they're celebrating Shemitah. And what Shemitah is, is God, we're trusting you. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord of the harvest. And so they stop doing that. They stop bringing their tithe. They stop bringing their first fruit. They stopped keeping Shemitah because they said, you know what? We're doing so well, we don't really need God to be Jehovah Jireh anymore. So here they come out of Babylonian captivity. They're meeting in Jerusalem. That's what the book of Malachi is all about. They're meeting in, the, in, in Jerusalem, the Jerusalem, the, the great assembly. And the prophets and the sages are all there and they're praying, God, speak to us. Tell us how to keep the enemy from defeating us. And God says, you want to know? Return unto me, teshuvah unto me, and I will return to you. They said, that's wonderful. How do we return? And God says, in your tithe and in your offering. Now, I'm almost out of time, but we need to remember that the Lord says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And so God knew. It's, it, it's an interesting teaching that when God says, return to me, and they said, what do we do? He didn't say, quit worshiping idols, quit, uh, quit uh, committing adultery, quit doing this, quit that. He, he talked about their relationship with their finances. Because it's an understanding that when your finances leave the kingdom of God, your heart is soon to follow. Now, remember, in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. Right now, we're going into that Shemitah year. And I believe it's symbolic of there's going to be a lot of drought going on in the world, in our country, in America, wherever you are. But you and I, who remember the Lord and return to him and trust him to be Jehovah Jireh, 
he's going to bring the early rain, that's Feast of Tabernacles, and the latter rain. We're going to talk about that on Sunday. But here's another thing that's not a coincidence. Yesterday, I got an email from a very good friend of ours in Jerusalem. Actually, he's one of the main people at the excavation of the old city of David. And he sent me this, this email and wishing us all Shana Tovah. May we have a, a blessed and prosperous and healthy new year. But he sent me this email and he said, Pastor Larry, we just discovered this in the ancient city of David. He said, this is only the second one that's ever been found in all of Israel. And it's called the Gura. And a Gura is a small stone. And the stone was used in doing business. They would have scales. And the one person buying something would, they'd put the weight of what he's buying in this scale. And then the, 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 the seller would take these stones, these gura, and place them in the other side so that it would be equal. They would be, they would know exactly what they're getting. But the interesting thing that Zev told me, he said this gura that they just found, it had on there, I think it was something like 0.934 grams, something like that. But when they weighed it, it actually was three and a half times heavier than what they had on the stone. In other words, these people were using this to rob the people that they were doing business with. And I thought that's not a coincidence when we're talking about Shabbat of Teshuvah and Malachi is the scripture of return. Would a man rob God? Now here they have, these people were robbing these other people. And yet here in Malachi, God's not talking about us just robbing each other. But God says, would a man rob God? And you say, Lord, how have we robbed you? And God says, in tithes and in offerings. You know, if you took time to read Deuteronomy 25, it'll show you that God says, don't have two different weights in your pocket. Don't pull one out that's an honest weight, and then don't pull out another one that's a dishonest weight. You know, and I thought about that, and I thought, that's what God is saying to us. You know, if you're doing business, be honest in business. You can never steal from someone as much as Jehovah Jireh wants to put into your hands. But at the same time, don't rob God. Here we are, people that, because of God's grace, understand that we are in a divine moment when God is getting ready to open the windows of heaven. And trust me, God keeps good books. So maybe you need to repent. You've walked away from God. Maybe you need to go ask someone to forgive you. Or maybe you need to return to God. Why are the tithes and the offerings so important? And I close with this. Because God says, by bringing your tithe and bringing your offering and being honest, you are fulfilling your divine mission to tikkun olam, to make the world a better place, to repair a broken world. As Tiz gets ready to come up, 
and we begin this Shabbat of return, remember, as we light the candles, that means that we know when we've returned to God, no matter how dark it gets out there, in our home, the light of God will always shine. When we take the bread and we break it, we remember that it's double portion. And as Malachi, and we put the covering on it, it's symbolic of rebuking the devourer. God said, not only will I open the windows of heaven, but I'll rebuke the devourer. You're not on your own. I'll take charge of this. And when we drink the wine, it's to remind us that we have a blood covenant. Sunday, we're going to talk about Yom Kippur. We're going to talk about the seven places that Jesus shed his blood. Sunday may be one of the top one or two most important services, teachings in all the Bible. This reminds us that no matter what's going on out there, we are redeemed by the blood. All of this takes place, but before any of it, the first thing we do is remember When God is getting ready to bless us, he first gives us a chance to be a blessing. From now on, I know COVID and everything, we've had to do things different. But from now on, going into this new year, that's what Rosh Hashanah is, the head of the year, a new year. Old things are washed away, all things become new. We're going to have the Stetka boxes down here in front again. And we're going to encourage people to, as they come in, to remember not just their tithe, not just their offering, offering, not just three times a year, but the widows and the orphans. When you take care of someone else, Almighty God, make sure that he comes, returns to you, and takes care of you. Let me pray with you. Baruch Adonai. Elohim lo melek aholam. Ashir kitsama bo mitzvotav litzivenu. Al natilat yadaim. You know what that means? Lifting up holy hands without wrath or without doubt. What a mighty God we serve. Give the Lord and tis and our girls a big hand as we come and take Shabbat. God bless. Amen. Amen. Would you all stand with us as the lights come back on? What a great word. Amen. You know, tonight has just been such a wonderful time. And I I, want to say, I personally, and as I know you feel the same way, am so thankful for God in our lives. One thing that I know absolutely for sure is that God is not a taker. God's a giver. And in this world and with all the uncertainties and all the chaos that's going on out there, thank God you and I can live above that. And we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Amen. And by living for him and putting him first and serving him, he takes care of us and lifts us above the things of this world. And as we said before, during this special time, as Larry said so well, during this season, as we press in to God, to be right with him, to do good in the world, to serve God, to change the world, to tikkun olam, 
you can know and rest assured that he's pressing in to you, to your lives, to your children, to your marriage, your finances, your health. Can you say amen? Your life. So lift your hands together, would you? I just want us just to seal this in prayer and then we're going to go have fellowship, enjoy each other. But I love when we hear the word of God to make sure that it is cemented in our soul, in our heart. So Father, tonight we receive this word. We take it deep within our hearts. And God, we're so thankful that you have provided us this way to live above the circumstances of this world where we don't have to focus and be so concerned with getting by. But Lord, when we put you first, you take care of us and you honor your word. You have promised us and you are watching over your word to perform it in us, for us, and through us. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people shouted, Amen, Amen, Amen.